Welcome everyone, you're listening to Save Me an Isle Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hello. Also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Hi. <laughs> this week, uh, we are once again being treated to a musical breakdown from Matt. Da-da-da-da! It's all by himself. Woo! Good luck. Yay. Alrighty. So yeah, this week, um, I'm going to be covering a uh, much better one than last time. <laughs> so I'm going to be going over the Lightning Thief, the Percy Jackson musical. Woo! So yeah, excited for this. Yeah, hey. over the uh, the first book of the Percy Jackson series, and yeah, it's actually a pretty accurate rundown of the thing, the events in the movie. So uh, let's get to it. So some um, general background uh, information for this. It actually started off back in 2014 as a one-hour free musical in New York City by the Theater uh, Theater Works USA. Huh. So yeah, they ran that for a while, and then on January 10th, 2017, it got a uh, revision, like a new version of it, to be produced with a new score and updated script. And then that eventually got a national tour that debuted in Chicago in 2019. And in August 12th, 2019, it was announced that the musical would get a 16-week limited run on Broadway. Previews began on September 20th and then opened on October 16th. So for us here, that is actually a pretty recent run on Broadway. Yeah. Uh, these ones have been much past our, our viewing time. So much past. So long. Yes. Much, much time. Such what? <laughs> So yeah, the info that we're going to be going off of is the Broadway production, so the, the newer stuff. So this production, the music and lyrics were done by Rob Rakiki, I think I'm hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> and the, the story by Joe Trax. For the main characters of the show, we have Chris McCarroll playing Percy Jackson, Jorel Javier, I think, as Grover, and uh, Mr. D or uh, Dionysus, so that'll be the camp director. Kristen Stokes as Annabeth and James Hayden Rodriguez as Luke. And yeah, since it's kind of a more recent production, there's not a whole lot of like background or history of its run stuff. So we're just going to hop right into act one. Um, And so, yeah, those of you that have read this story, it pretty much stays pretty on track with the events in that. So a lot of this might sound familiar to you, but for those of you who haven't, this will be the story. So it begins on Act One with uh, our main character, Percy Jackson, on a field trip to the New York Metropolitan Museum of Art, where they are kind of going through and learning about the Greek gods. So he's kind of in foreshadowing of the events that will happen in the story. Now, our, our main man, Percy, he suffers from ADHD and dyslexia, so he feels like a bit of a weirdo, kind of an outcast. So while on this field trip, his substitute teacher, uh, Mrs. Dodds, asks to speak with him alone. And once alone, she transforms into a fury. So that is a Greek demon of Hades. Um, With this demon attacking him, Percy's Latin teacher, Mr. Bruner, gives him a pen that turns into a legendary sword, Riptide. So he just kind of clicks it, and then it just kind of whooshing, turns into this (laughs) awesome weapon. Um, Does that work on stage? I, you know, I'm really curious. I don't know. 
I wasn't sure if you found anything. I I didn't I didn't look into it on like yeah that prop itself for doing it. Yeah, I I have no idea. I hope it's it badass. That's all I'm yeah, saying. I need to see it. Yeah. <laughs> the tiny little right. exacto blade when he takes the <laughs> top off. Try and- after defeating the Fury, Percy is confused as no one believes his story, including Mr. Burner and his best friend Grover. Percy gets expelled for failing to stay with the group on that field trip. He was already kind of on thin ice, and that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. So he gets expelled. Percy says goodbye to them and heads home for summer vacation in the song uh, The Day I Got Expelled. So all this, all that kind of intro story part is all done in the song. And that's kind of how a lot of the songs are are done in this musical, where it's all the story. So, yeah, it's just interesting because usually it's just like small little snippets in previous ones. But this is pretty much if you listen to the soundtrack, just the entire story is there. You don't really miss too many major details. So back home, his mom, Sally, is understanding and forgives Percy for his expulsion. But her boyfriend, Gabe, feels different. He's kind of a bullies Percy, and he's just not a good guy. Oh, no. Sally confesses she needs to tell him about his father and assures him that the quirks and abnormalities make him special in the song Strong. So it's just kind of be like, no, it's okay to be a weirdo. You're fine, honey. So it's, it's like this uplifting, encouraging thing. Sally takes Percy to the beach where she met Percy's father. And there, they run to Grover and find that he is actually a satyr. So, for those of you that aren't familiar with that, um, essentially it's a goat man. So, kind of lower half, got these like crooked legs and of, of a goat. Top half, human, and then usually has like horns. And they just are, depending on what kind of version you see, they're like whimsical or they're just really like <laughs> sexual in a <laughs> lot of stories. But not in this one. He's just a bud. So... It's good. No, no worries there. So they run into each other and then suddenly a minotaur, another mythical creature. So this is just a giant bull creature shows up and attacks them all. Uh, Sally sacrifices herself so that Percy and Grover can make their way to camp. The minotaur ends up killing Sally and in his rage, Percy kind of attacks and kills the beast. Um, but his mom has faded away. At the end of the fight, though, Percy is kicked in the head, and he does fall unconscious. He dreams of a man in, an, in a Hawaiian shirt who gives him a seashell, claiming what belongs to the sea can always return. So all this is done in the song The Minotaur slash The Weirdest Dream. And yeah, I imagine that'd be pretty weird. Yes. A little bit. Yeah, kicked in the head and dreaming about a dude in a Hawaiian shirt. All right. All right. So... Percy awakes at Camp Half-Blood with the seashell still with him, so maybe it wasn't a dream. The camp director, Mr. D, who is actually Dionysus, the god of wine, is grumpily singing the song Another Terrible Day. So he's uh, just kind of mad at everything. Apparently he had an affair with a wood nymph, but it was was Zeus's favorite wood nymph. So he is now assigned to watch over this camp and all these kids, and he's like, this just sucks. (laughs) <laughs> but in that song, he explains that Percy is actually a demigod. Mr. Brunner is also there, but he is showing his uh, true form, where he is an immortal centaur. So similar to the satyr, where he is half creature, half man, he is just bottom half horse. And usually have very majestic flowing hair. Oh, yes. 
He explains the gods will send a sign to claim him. So right now, Percy has no idea who his actual father is, but he just knows that they're a god. So that's got to be a little intimidating. But Percy's still skeptical and angry that his father has been a no-show for all of his life. And uh, Luke, who is a 19-year-old son of Hermes, sympathizes with him and explains that a lot of Half-Bloods never know their parents. Uh, in the song, their sign. So he's like, hey, you can come hang out with me, you wayward soul. <laughs> so he's kind of like this, you know, he uh, takes Percy in, show him the ropes kind of kind of character. Percy then meets with several other campers, two of the bigger ones being Clarice, who's the daughter of Ares, the god of war, and Annabeth, the daughter of Athena, the god of like strategy and wisdom. Annabeth kind of takes Percy and is uh, in charge of this game of capture the flag where she's kind of like the team leader and she just instructs Percy to go sit in this bathroom so you don't mess anything up it's your first day just take it easy <laughs> but turns out Clarice finds him in the bathroom and is just like hey you're the new kid I'm gonna beat you up because reasons yeah because I don't like your face <laughs> like pretty much from the get-go Clarice is just like you're nothing to me and Percy's like I just got here okay <laughs> Thanks. um but you in this just want to know who my dad is. <laughs> <laughs> my mom just died. There's so much happening. I'm sorry. <laughs> but during their little scrap, the toilets suddenly explode and just douse her and yeah. kind of defeat her for him. All this kind of takes place in the song uh, "Put in Your Place." Oh, yeah, I forgot to kind of mention the all the songs on this po- uh, production are like rock themed kind of to varying degrees so for for this one it was kind of more of like the metal harsher sounds of Clary's just like yeah war yeah <laughs> so it's 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 no. a lot a higher energy on 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 the songs so they're they're pretty fun to listen to they're angsty yeah so after things kind of settled down the campers all join around the campfire and vent about their relationships with both their godly and mortal parents in the song Campfire Song. So, yeah, there's some of them are saying, like, yeah, I got, like, birthday presents from my mom, and it was just, and she's the god of, like, harvest, so I got, like, a jar of grain. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all, they're all kind of complaining, and they're like, all right, Percy, it's your turn. And he's like, I don't know how to do this, and if I sing, it's going to be terrible, even though he's actually a singer. He's in a musical. Like the, the, yeah, in a musical, so it's kind of funny there but he goes up and starts singing about like how great his mom is and they're like no you're doing it wrong <laughs> so he kind of switches it up and he's just like yeah my dad sucks because i don't know anything about him <laughs> shortly after that song though he is eventually claimed to be the son of poseidon god of the sea and one of and known in this world as the big three so that's going to be zeus poseidon and hades and they're kind of not supposed to have kids because that's just the rules the kids are too powerful i guess yeah they they alter too many things big oops and along with being claimed as the son of poseidon he is also being accused of stealing zeus's lightning bolt so zeus is very angry at him and is willing to straight up start a war because of it but luckily they work some out where percy is instead given a quest to go retrieve the bolt but if he doesn't get it in a certain amount of time, then a war will actually break out. Along with this, he receives a prophecy from the Oracle of Delphi in the song The Oracle. For those of you that have read the book, it's slightly different 
it's more just kind of pertaining to the events of this book, not like this overarching, like, you know, ha, ha gotcha, kind of towards the end of the book series. Yeah, it's just it's just slightly different, but it still somewhat makes sense. And for a little bit, Percy's just kind of like, I don't have anything to do with this. I didn't steal the lightning bolt. Why do I want to do any of this? But Luke kind of suggested him that's like, hey, right now there's we kind of think Hades might do it. That's the underworld might be able to rescue your mom. And he's like, I'm in. (laughs) I'll do it for my mom. I love my mama. So, yeah, kind of seeing this as his one chance. He accepts the quest and his buds decide to join along. So Annabeth and Grover kind of force himself onto the quest. And uh, they are gifted kind of one last parting gift from Luke, a pair of winged shoes. And uh, kind of with that, the three begin their quest into the unprotected woods and the song Killer Quest. Oh, they're just kind of like hyping each other up and getting ready to get down to business. Oh, and that is the end of Act One. Mm-hmm. Yes, end of Act One. And we've got some comments and questions about the first act. Well, so far, this is a lot better than the last quote unquote rock, rock musical. <laughs> True. I do gotta say, like, yeah. I really enjoyed the music to this one. And yeah, same. Having, having no real idea about the story other than the movies which i know is a bad choice to go with yeah but it was it was very easy to follow along with like i wasn't lost at any point in time with the music so you don't have to like see it i think that's really neat the, the music definitely carries you through a lot of a lot of good headbangers in there yeah it's high energy it's fun it's active i unfortunately i'm still kind of tainted from the movies so i just <laughs> keep expecting it to get something wrong but it like just stayed true to what it was they didn't like try and make any of the characters something that they weren't it's just all kind of weird so i'm they actually I'm, liked the book yeah they they read it and they were like let's just not change too much <laughs> yeah an author's dream right there mm-hmm. yeah no kidding i'm really curious as to what rick riordan thinks of this musical yeah, it's true. Well, is he supportive like, of it? He's probably like, compared to anything that the movie did, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently they're getting rebooted, so we'll see yeah. how that goes. So they've said. Yeah. But, but we'll I think, see. I think he would be fine with it. Cause, uh, oh. Yeah. But uh, any other comments or discussions for this part? Obviously, I really want to see it live, but yes. I have no complaints yeah. so far. Yeah. It seems... Very decent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Alrighty. And, uh, Kylie, would you like to take Yay. us away with theater fact? So, theater comes from the Greek verb meaning to behold, and an ancient Greek audience stamped to their feet rather than clapping their hands to applaud. I think I did know that. The stamping of the feet. That's gotta sound wild. Like, imagine if we were in the fox and instead of clapping, everybody just... Stomped. Sh- shook the building. Yeah, basically, that's what what happened. Yikes. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, that, that'd be a lot of fun. Okay, well, how about we just soar right on into Act 2? Yeah, so Act 2 kind of starts off wild. Uh, we come back to our heroes escaping an exploding bus. Oh. Um, <laughs> so they were traveling across country because they need to get over to the entrance to the Underworld, which is actually at a record shop in Los Angeles, so they kind of, you have to go all the way across the country, 
But the reason they're escaping from an exploding bus, they were attacked by three Furies and are now hopelessly lost in the woods in the appropriately named song, Lost. I like this song. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of like goofiness to the songs, too. There's there's a point where Grover starts talking to a squirrel and he's like, I can understand him. He can help us. And then they talk for a second. I love that so much. Yeah, you guys are stuck in the woods and not going to find your way out. It's hilarious. I just got Kronk vibes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So after being lost for a while, Percy suggests that they should enter Auntie M's Garden Gnome Emporium that they come across. And this actually turns out to be the lair of a mythical villain Medusa. Ba, ba, ba. So that is a Gorgon, which is kind of like a snake lady with snake hair. And if you look her directly in the eyes, you get turned to stone. So a lot of the statues and stuff that she'll keep around are once people so they have a fight with this fake auntie m and percy cuts off her head with riptop so hacha they do have a uh, they do have a joke where they decide to mail off the head to the gods like screw you guys (laughs) um so afterwards while grover scouts out the surrounding area uh annabeth confesses to percy that her whole life she's been ignored by everyone and she's desperate for a chance to prove herself in the song My Grand Plan. Um, so she just wants to go down in the history books, you know, be known, actually be somebody. And this is the like the closest we get to like a really intimate song with these two, because besides that, they're just going on this adventure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a good song. After this, Grover comes back with tickets to St. Louis, bus tickets to St. Louis. Oh yeah. So, whoop, whoop. Um, they kept this in. <laughs> so, for this leg of the journey, there's a couple different stops that they go to in the books and spend a decent amount of time at these places, but they kind of have to, like, speed through this for the stage production. So they go to St. Louis and they visit the Gateway Arch, where a small little dog turns into a horrific beast known as a chimera. So it's like this weird amalgamation of other animals. They have a fight with that. There's a bunch of nasty storms along their travels because Zeus is angry and essentially is not letting them take a plane anywhere because he'll just zap it out of the sky. Or I guess if he doesn't have his lightning bolts, not zap, but no, no flying for them. Because zappy. How does that work? Hmm. But they also uh, make, have an encounter at the Lotus Hotel and Casino. So at this place, it kind of traps people there. It makes them think that they haven't been there that long when some people have even stayed for years or decades. Oops. So they just kind of briefly go through all these issues. And eventually Ares, the god of war, swings by and gives him a on his motorcycle to Nevada. He's just a cool um, dude. Yeah. Like, he rides a hog. You know, he's got sunglasses and a motorcycle and he's like, yeah. So typical cool dude. <laughs> Yeah. This all takes place in the song Drive, so that whole kind of from St. Louis onward all is encompassed in that song, and it's more rock, and it's fun. It is. On their way to Los Angeles, Percy has a dream where a powerful voice mentions sacrifices and brings up the name Thalia in the song The Weirdest Dream Reprise. When he wakes up, he asks Grover about that name, and apparently Grover is actually very familiar with that name. In the song The Tree on the Hill... He explains how his previous job was to get Thalia, Luke, and Annabeth camp, but they were attacked. Thalia, who is Zeus's daughter, 
ended up sacrificing herself and was turned into a tree that now protects camp. So Grover holds himself responsible for all this, and he's super beat up about it and bent out of shape and thinks that Percy's going to hate him because of that, but Percy tries to make him feel a bit better and says he will always want him as a friend. Bonding. Friendship. Yeah, Grover's kind of using this quest as a chance to, like, redeem himself and get some honor back on his side. So the trio eventually make their way to Los Angeles and to the Underworld. They're given a tour of the Underworld by Chiron, who's a fairy man of Hades. I guess in this one, who is a fairy woman. And the song DOA, or Dead on Arrival, it's actually (laughs) super fun. One of my favorite songs on this one, because they keep bringing up, like, old dead musicians since they're in the underworld (laughs) and it's just it's so wacky and goofy but i love it it's so good so yeah if you're gonna listen to any of these songs that one is top notch i love that one (laughs) great so while they're in the underworld percy finds out that the lightning bolt had been hidden in his backpack the whole time wow i have no idea how you miss that but don't worry you know he's not very no you think you just feel like the the heat the entire time you know like roasting your back but it's whatever it's fine so as the three work together to figure out how it could have possibly gotten there percy is almost dragged into tartarus by the shoes that luke gave him so tartarus is just kind of like this endless void pit in the underworld if anybody uh, has seen hercules the animated movie the big green swirly toilet bowl <laughs> is Tartarus, so a bunch of lost souls there. But yeah, he almost gets dragged in by the shoes Luke gave him, so they kind of acted against his will. So strange stuff happening there. Uh-huh. So while in the underworld, Percy comes very close to finding his mother and saving her, but is met with Hades. So Hades kind of corner him like, hey, what are y'all doing here? This is my house. I'm going to need those lightning bolts from you so needing a plan to escape percy just kind of starts panicking and he pulls out the shell that he got forever ago from the dream and blows into it and it forms just a portal for them to escape from the underworld a little different from the book where they had to i believe it was like pearls or like collect three pearls yeah yeah Yeah. it was from those previous stops that they did that's how they escaped but in this one it's just portal weird but i'll accept it but hey, they get Magic out of there. Magic conch. <laughs> Listen, they gotta wrap this up, alright? Can't make it too complicated. <laughs> yes. Um, so now that they're out, Percy begins to hypothesize that Ares was the one who planted the bolt on him in the first place, because when the gods go to war, the, the god of war benefits the most. So it's... That's just kind of their, their plan. And through all this, Percy eventually starts to come to terms with himself and Poseidon, and is just like, you know what? You haven't been around for a while, but I'm I'm okay with you now. You helped me out. You are still not great, but I'm okay. So with this, he kind of gets more command over water, and he helps his friends out to best Ares in the song "Son of Poseidon." So he's like, "I'm not gonna put up with this anymore. I'm the Son of Poseidon. I'm gonna beat you up. Oh and yeah, and drown he, you." He does it. <laughs> So, with Ares defeated and the lightning bolt returned, they head home, and Percy talks with Luke about how lost and confused he still feels even after the quest is done in the song Last Day of Summer. Towards the end of that song, it's revealed that Luke was actually the lightning thief the whole time. 
So he has teamed up with Kronos, who is the father to the gods and likes to eat his own children. Delicious. So he's he's a great guy. So he wants to team up with Kronos and take vengeance on all the gods. Just be like, they haven't done anything for us. They put us here in camp because they don't want to look at us. So screw that noise. I'm going <laughs> to ruin everything. So Luke attacks Percy and then escapes. Afterwards, Percy declares that him and his friends will do anything they can to prevent the evil plan. And they are prepared for whatever it takes in the final song, Bring on the Monsters. So oh, it's just yeah. like, listen, you can throw Great anything song. you want at us. We're going to beat you up. And yeah, it's it's a good one. And that's it. That's the show. That's it. Well, yeah, so. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, about the whole show. Like, I was... I was definitely mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Very they could have made it bad, but they didn't. <laughs> they were and they could have tried to, like, squish all the books into one. They could, you know, they could have, like... Yeah. Around, and they didn't. They didn't. But I'm honestly wondering, like, how they're going to... Or if they're going to do the next ones. I mean, they've set it up for it. Like, yeah. they, they talked about the plot stuff that is needed for the second one with, like, Dahlia and the, the tree and all that, that stuff. It's and... just so yeah. weird to think about because musicals don't really do the whole <laughs> sequel. That's what I was going to say. Like, they usually don't do series of musicals, so... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this Another one is but... like a cult following and just becomes super popular. Hey, it was really good. I like the music and the, the storyline, of course, mm-hmm. was already well established, so... Yeah. And, yeah, like, the changes they did to stuff made sense or was okay enough where it's like, sure, that's fine. Right. That's pretty cool. I yeah, I just overall just really liked the musical, like all the music. It, it was just I don't know. It was it all just seemed really fun and very rocky. Yeah, and not Bono. Not Bono. <laughs> definitely never definitely not Bono. Sorry, <laughs> Bono. I think I just really liked Percy in this one too, yeah. because he's just like mood. You know, he is mood. <laughs> at the beginning. He's like, I don't want to be a demigod. What the hell? Like, yeah. I, what? What are you? What are you doing? What do I have to do? You're weird. What's wrong? And so he's just like totally chill the whole time, and like yeah, he's it's like great. he's like trying so hard to not be the main character yes. the entire time. He starts it's... off, he's like, I just want to be normal, and then even in the point where like he gets told to go sit in the bathroom, he's like, All right, cool. And then they just keep showing up, and he's like, Come on, guys! I'm just trying to be normal. <laughs> Just a, just a norm you over here. Yeah. Instead of it being like, dun, 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 I'm a sudden hero. He's like, I don't want this. Please, <laughs> no. <laughs> my dad's a god. Bow down. Can I can I get rid of can I get rid of my father? Is that just a thing? <laughs> I wasn't there in the first place. It's not that big of a deal. Right. But it it just <laughs> makes the song later on when he's like talking about like, alright, I'm coming to terms. I can be a hero. I can be the son of Poseidon. It's fine. Let's, let's, Let's get this done. <laughs> Have a shell and a puka shell necklace. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, a, it's, it's a really yeah. good one. I, I like this one. You did good, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah I'm not going to be doing com- like just all terrible ones. Just most, most of them will be terrible. <laughs> They're not all garbage, but mostly garbage. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Anyone else have any more comments about the show? All right, then, uh, everybody, thanks for listening to Save Me an Aisle Seat. We hope you all enjoyed. 
If you have any helpful tips or comments, please feel free to reach out to us at saveanisleseat at gmail.com or tweet us at saveanisleseat on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. 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 Don't wear winged shoes. Don't wear winged yeah. shoes. Don't <laughs> trust and enemies. To you. They'll drag you into a toilet bowl. <laughs> it's not what you ever dreamed for. Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Isle Seat. You can find more episodes and shows similar to this at www.ragtagnetwork.com. Follow us on Twitter at Save an Isle Seat. We make this show just for the fun of it, but if you would like to support what we do, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash save me an aisle seat. This episode was brought to you by the Ragtag Network.